Well, hello there. I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. Welcome to Aging Fearlessly, another wonderful episode with a very talented guest who is the founder of a company called Training Lab. And yes, she is a trainer and not your everyday trainer. She trains in emotional assertiveness and it's something that all of us at any age, we can learn something about emotional assertiveness that is going to help us in our everyday lives. So welcome, Karim McDevitt. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for coming up today. I know you're feeling a bit nervous, are you? I am. <laughs> There's nothing to be nervous about, I promise you. I think you. it's excitement and nerves at the same time. Well, I promise you I don't bite. I've never bitten anyone in here yet. <laughs> oh, it's, it's I like your environment and it's all set up and the radio station. <laughs> yeah, well, I really love it here. You know, it's like a little home for me, you know. It's, I, I say to people a lot, this is my happy place. So, no, it's it's a great place to be, but... Corinne, instead of me going blah, 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 tell us a little bit about you. So I fell into training, of all things. I ended up, um, I used to do marketing for Japanese tourism to Australia years ago. And yeah, training makes sense. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it was around the time um, the tourism industry just died because of the internet. And I was studying at TAFE part-time while I was working full-time. And, and I thought, you know, what? Um, there was a job going for a few hours a week at TAFE and I thought they wanted a Microsoft expert. And I thought, I'll give it a go. Anyway, I turned up and they said, well, they're not that naughty. And it turned out they were young teenagers going to TAFE who were on parole and expelled and... <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so they said to me, you know what you're doing, don't you? And I said, oh, yeah, anyway, I thought I've got no idea. Well, I like um, it already. You're a woman and you're going, oh, yeah, no, that would be a man that would go, no, yeah, but you, you took it. it. Yeah, you did it. So um, I ended up being interviewed by the Daily Telegraph because these um, kids, I just treated them like clients, like corporate clients. And they, I turned their assignment into um, building... So a, a business, basically, and they had to use all the Microsoft skills. And they were so proud and they got up and presented it. And the one that had been expelled three times said, I want to take over your job. And I was like, that's brilliant. You can have my job. <laughs> <laughs> and um, anyway, I went on to do corporate training. And I think it was just something I navigated through and ended up coming across a, a program. I was doing digital transformation for corporate and government. So the digital field I went down, I didn't. If I think I was a geek, but I turns out I was. <laughs> no, um, you're definitely not a geek, but, you know, yeah. you might think you're a geek, so, but we don't. Yeah. And uh, I came across a program that was run, it was actually the for the mental well-being of astronauts on the space station. And I was always interested, I always believed that everybody can learn something and it's just how we prefer to learn. And it doesn't matter whether you'd been expelled three times or, you know, you got the top grades, it's... Um, we're all motivated differently. And um, I decided to do this program and I ended up in Japan for the World Conference and I met the senior doctor who worked with NASA and the, the, the um, NASA psychiatrists for 30 years. And I thought, this is what I want to do. Like, it was an amazing program. Um, that, and so I went down that path and I met a gentleman called John Parr and he had brought out an emotional assertiveness course. And if you'd asked me a few years ago, I thought I would, I'd give you some answer, but I really had no concept of what I was in for. So when I, but I've trusted his skills. He's a psychotherapist in Britain, and he'd worked with all the top, I guess, your top criminals. <laughs> so, and uh, he did his theses um, and worked with them back in the 80s on emotional intelligence skills. So I chuffed off to Thailand and became a master trainer in this program and 
since then I've um, trained, been training corporates and Indigenous um, and then we ended up training the kids in this as well because of the fires and the floods back in two years ago. It's really incredible how sometimes you start on one path and you end up on another and it's the right path, mm. yeah? Yeah. And I know that you really, really love what you do, but tell us about what are or what is emotional assertiveness skills? Mm. I asked John the same question. And oh, uh, <laughs> did he give you an answer? <laughs> What's What's incredible is he's, he turned around and he said most people, especially back in his colleagues in the 70s and the 80s, were all talking about what is emotional intelligence. And But he, he, he was like, well, they didn't tell me how to be emotionally intelligent. It was either like you had it or you don't. And he didn't believe that. So his master's um, was around how do we support ourselves to be more emotionally intelligent how do we get it basically bottom line how do we get along better with people mm-hmm. how do we and that's how do good, we enjoy our life more that's a good way of explaining mm. it and uh, i thought so and he brought it down to the four emotions he said happiness is our default emotion like where it's our birthright he goes it's not a luxury to be happy he goes we're actually entitled to be happy and to be happy i like that I, I think it's good too. And he said happiness ranges from calm to elated. So we're sitting here, you know, the, the nerves and excitement and the bit of fear kicked in. You know, I was like, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm going to stumble over my words or say something stupid. And then the um, – so he talks about how the, each emotion has a job and the primary emotions, fear, sadness and anger, all have a job to do to keep us safe and to support us to be calmer and happier. Mm. and we ha- we actually need to meet the needs of each of these emotions. So what I love, and this is the, probably the biggest tip he gave us, was that emotions are on a timeline, and if we are um, angry about something, it's about the here and now. It's something that there's a gap between what we want or what we're expecting, and anger is an important emotion and it's an emotion that when expressed healthy can bring about um, closer relationships and build trust. And it it trains us how to be angry and there's there's different needs. And then fear is to do with the future because fear is to do with threat and threat can only by definition be, even if it's in the immediate future, so it's still in the future. So it's about protection, whether it's real or perceived. And sadness is to do with loss. And so with sadness, he talks about, you know, understanding that we've lost something. And it could be minor. It could be something um, like an earring or your phone um, or right through to the horrific stuff that is happening now. You know, loss of life, loss of um, our homes, you know, Mm. loss of life in Ukraine and and in Russia. And um, so it's how do we let go and move on without losing that memory so it's how do we nurture ourselves and look after ourselves and by doing in a by addressing our needs we actually then allow ourselves to be returned to calmness and enjoy life again rather than going um ending up sabotaging our behavior or our relationships that was really beautifully explained i sort of get it better now you know it's um i always have understood what you did and appreciated it but now i I feel it's it's much clearer. Thanks. Mm. So we've had a lot of things going on over the last two or three years. We started with fires, then we had COVID, then we had floods, then we had more COVID, and now right up to this week we've had more floods. Mm bigger floods than last year and and last year my family was impacted by them this year so many people have been impacted so much more than last year um that's all a lot of stress do you want to talk about that for a moment it is and what what i've respected about this training is that it doesn't take away the stress you know there's the stressors, there's so much happening and it's tiring. By the end of COVID, I was 
I found it a hard slog at the end, you know, like running my own business, running my own business and, you know, people were tired, people weren't making decisions, they were saying, you know, we we love what you're doing, um, the CEO was like, we booked it in and then the next week that CEO had moved on and someone else had taken their place and it's like you start again and, and that was just my livelihood, let alone my possessions and what's going on now, so, and the uncertainty. Um, it's what's really interesting is over the training, a lot of people said anger was the the one that it got the most from. Like the how default. do you, the default? Well, and well, how do we deal with anger? How do we deal with when people don't behave? We call it drama. So they're in the they attack or they blame or they so persecuting in a way or they jump in. So we're not we don't we're not that we're not a drama queen or king, but we I can act that out. And how do you deal it with when someone withdraws and doesn't communicate? Or how do you deal with it when someone is constantly telling telling us how to fix our life? Mm. <laughs> you know, you'll be okay if you do what I say. Yeah. You know, so it's like how do we manage other people's behaviours, but also our own behaviour, especially when we're going through a lot of stress. And what I found fascinating is the last program we just completed with um, a whole group of people. So there was doctors, salespeople for asparagus and broccoli and all that you know so um corporate management um just all walks of life and and aboriginal elder and um we found that they this time round everyone said we got the most from addressing our fear needs mm. and i found that fascinating because in the last years of training it it's always been we got the most from the anger um, how do you deal with anger? How do you manage anger? How do you express anger in a healthy way? And this time around, everyone was like, fear really hit home. And, and the fear is what's going to happen in the future, where yes. they're going yeah. financially, yes. um, survival. Yeah. They're, they're really, they're human givens. Yeah. You know, how do they survive? Yes. Yeah. And anxiety levels are on a massive increase Um and what I didn't ever expect to be working with schools and what happened was with the f- three years ago now with the fire, the fires, so the 20, you know. Well, 2020. Yeah, 20, it was 2019. Yeah. And 2019, Nana Glen was the first town to hit, be hit by the fires. Mm-hmm. Near Coffs um, Harbour. It yep. is. And I was training in the, the, the mental wellbeing program to the principals between Tari and Cos Harbour. Mm-hmm. And I was running a webinar and one of the principals said to me, she said, the kids, they come back, so they've had the fires, they've had the floods, and the kids, so this is a primary school, were, she said, they realised they were all acting out. They call it acting out. So they were getting into trouble. And what the teachers realised was that the kids were doing this on purpose because they felt psychologically safe if they were in got into trouble, therefore they were near a teacher. Oh, really? Yes, and mm. it was a pattern. And she said it was not just one or two, this was like masses. Mm. And then, this is pre-COVID, and then COVID hit, and she said not only do we have that now, but we have now where what we're seeing is lack of empathy. So the levels when they came back, the kids were saying, go kill yourself, do this, do that. And she said it was just off off the, you know, the, the rock. The, 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 yeah, yeah, the Richter yeah. scale. And then the seniors were being quite abusive um, to each other. There was like lack of wanting to be there. And so I asked John Parr, could we take this program and turn it into a youth version? And he supported me to do that, and we collaborated. He's in the, he's near Cambridge in England. Mm-hmm. He's in his mid seventies. Mm-hmm. Going on to um, he's young. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> and uh, and we didn't. We took it to the pilot to New South Wales. Um, the school. I ended up training the senior school in Kempsey, and we're seeing incredible results with these young um, the kids. That we actually have results with ki- uh, students with um, autism. Mm-hmm. So and right through to leadership, the kids are coming in going, "I'm angry," and the teachers are going, "That's excellent." What are you angry about? And the kids go, "I'm angry about this," and they go, "Okay, what are we going to do about it?" And the kids will go, "I want to do this, this, this," and they talk it through. And instead of bottling it up and it becoming an explosion Correct. of emotion, yeah, 
Yeah. That harms others in many ways because it can be verbal or it can be physical. Mm-hmm. And it's it's sad to watch the physical and physical to others and physical to themselves. Oh yeah, like self harm. Self harm. And um so they're learning they're learning to express it. They're actually saying, I'm afraid and they're saying what they're afraid about. This little girl who had autism, she was five because we did kindy right through and we trained I trained the whole school together and um we did it part Zoom, part live for that one. This was during COVID. Yeah. Um, so I had a special letter for travelling with the police and my partner David came and he had a, we had all the surfing surfboards oh, and the yeah. bikes. You, and were, <laughs> you, were, you were the policeman's uh, yeah. on the wish list. I'm like, going to stop them. You're not allowed to travel. It's like, I've got my official letter. <laughs> so um, it was quite funny. Um, but, yeah, it's it's... The clientele's amazing, and at the moment I've been it's quite honoured. I've selected to train 13 Aboriginal emerging leaders from all around our federal state government by one of the banks, so a big bank, and I've got the last session next week. Mm-hmm. And so that's a corporate environment, and they um, we're getting excellent feedback from them too. So they're talking about intergenerational trauma, um, the impact, and um, interesting enough, a lot of them said that sadness was the one they got the most out of. So, from a cultural perspective, the um, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander um, leaders were saying that sadness really hit home, and I found that very different to running the ma- like a mainstream program mm. where, where fear now is the, the the one that people talk about the most. It's really fascinating. I, I love the way you're expressing this and um, I hope that people listening today can understand too that it isn't just for kids. No. It's for adults. It's for every one of us, whether you're 50 or 60. We all have exactly the same emotions. Yeah. We're human. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, the song that you've chosen first today is Jolene. By Dolly Parton. Yes, I love Dolly. <laughs> you love Dolly. <laughs> There's a reason. I think um, a lot of people, a lot of your listeners probably remember Still Magnolias. Yeah, and it absolutely. Was a um, movie with Julia Roberts and Dolly Parton was in it. Oh, I love it. And and a lot of it was set around a hair salon. Yes, yes. And I think Sally, oh, the, oh, the Flying Nun, she was in it. I can't oh, Sally, Sally Field. Field. Yes. So the reason I remember reading a. Um, article and it was actually Julia Roberts was talking about Dolly Parton and she said the thing about Dolly was that she never complained and there was times when they were hot they were tired they were you know where they were filming and she said she just never complained and she was just grateful for everything and I find her stories when through if you the way she tells a story is quite powerful Um, and talking about Film sets, anyone who's never been on a film set, they're not the most comfortable places in the world. And you do often sit for a long time waiting. There's a little there's a little saying, hurry up and wait. Okay, I like that one. Yeah, because really it can be long and tedious and going over and over things. So it's amazing that Dolly never complains. Mm. I'm going to share this song with the, the listeners. You are listening to Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. We're back in the studio. I'm Karen Sander and I am with Corinne McDevitt, who has founded a company called Training Lab and teaches emotional assertiveness. So, Corinne, um, who benefits from emotional assertiveness training? One of the, what I've found fascinating with this program is it's working with everyone. And I know everyone, people go to me, you know, especially if you get business advice or business coaching, they go, you need to focus and channel, you know, one area. And we, it's just because I run open programs and then also in-house training. So we had um, an anaesthetist, a senior anaesthetist from the South Australia Queen Elizabeth Hospital do the program. And their hospital said we want all surgeons, all doctors, everyone to do this. Um, then we've had 
like I said, someone selling asparagus and, you know, like what was the other one he said? Lychees was the latest. And he's like, um, this is the best he's ever seen, right through to car salespeople, um, Department of Education principals, um, CEOs and in corporates. So we've had financial companies. I even just had a one of our senior uh, psychiatrists who works in the mental wellbeing hospital in Queensland and they're looking at doing actually becoming trainers and putting it into the system so they've already done the program um well it's interesting because whether you're selling lychees or whether you're you know a psychiatrist helping people we all have the same emotions Mm. again I'm going to say it again we said it earlier we're human so I can only think we all benefit from this and learning. Mm. Part of our lifelong learning. It's it's incredible. And the way we train it is we use a lot of fun videos and movies. And, in fact, Pixar was trained in a lot of the skills that we train. Um, and they were trained by the, the NASA program that I used to run. And John is one of the world's leading experts in that program. So Pixar, actually, Brave and Inside Out were based on the principles and skills that are in this course. And um, so we use a lot of the clips to get the message across. And, you know, we're using that with the surgeons right through to the five-year-old kids. And the kids go, oh, we don't need to watch this. And I'm like, well, it's not for you. We Us adults have to watch this too, you know. And they... they um, are you watching yeah. Donkey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's... Um, and... So what, just to give you an example of what people have got out of this is one, uh, this is actually the, uh, um, our Wiradjuri, amazing Wiradjuri elder, Benita Burns. She's become a trainer in this and she shared, it was a tiny thing. She shared that her, and I'm allowed to share her story with this one. It was just, she, she lost her wedding ring that, you know, she's, um, in, she's 70 now and, um, her, her and her husband, Graham, and she was devastated that she lost this her beautiful ring, you know, which was a, something a symbol for her of their marriage for all these years. And out of that, you know, so that's loss, and that's to do with sadness. What she said and shared was that she's kept all the boxes everywhere and a lot of clutter around because she believes somewhere is that ring. And through the training, she decided to declutter. Ooh. And what it was was this letting go of the sadness of losing the ring and what that represented to her. And what's interesting is all these years she's held on to all this clutter and she's taken it from place to place because they've moved a lot um, because of her, their work environments. And um, she just said it's so freeing to realise that she could let go. And then some of the stories right through to, though, that's a minor one, right through to you know some of the trauma that we're seeing um, and, you know, we, and also some of the kids, like we had one little boy who's a private school. So I trained a private school, which they, in England on Zoom. So Zoom's opened up a lot for me. Yeah. And it's primary and secondary. And it was, it's run by a headmaster who was actually in the British army for 20 years. And he, um, he hired John and I to run the program for the, the students and one of the eight-year-old boys, he, we believe he may have been a refugee, so I've got the full report, um, but he had very strong, um, they called it anger management issues. So he would attack his little, I was about to say colleagues, um, peers, peers, students, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, hit the desk. And he, he realised when we showed how um, anger was using, so we use a little clip where anger's, using his anger in the wrong way and in a way that is not getting any results and then he uses it in a way that actually um, solves the day. And the little boy realised, he goes, oh, that's what I do. He goes, I use my anger in the wrong way. And then the teacher wrote that she said it didn't, it didn't, it didn't, wasn't overnight, but what they realised was that they kept taking him back to the feelings wheel. So we call it the feelings wheel, which is when I talked about the time and how you meet your needs. So when you're angry, it's okay to be angry, but what are we going to do about it and how are we going to use our adrenaline to achieve a win-win rather than a, you know, I win, you lose sort of mentality. 
And he, six months down the track, his marks were fantastic. He was, a, they said he's a changed child. He's getting along well with, um, he's not so violent towards his peers, which is what she wrote. And the other thing they said we talk about is like when people are sad, we don't have to, it's not about, it's more about nurturing and kindness to be, rather than joking people out or being sarcastic or making, mm-hmm. you know, about laughing. And he, um, she said she used to try and, if the kids were sad, she'd try and joke them out of it as a teacher. And she said she stopped doing that and she'd listen and show a bit of, em- uh, show empathy. And she said she noticed that the classes were doing that, so primary and secondary. And it, she said it's a changed environment. So um, we're just getting so many stories both as, you know, in the professional area including in the banking industry in the indigenous um, communities um, you know we changed we trained the Wagga Wagga Riv Med um, Medical Centre mm-hmm. Aboriginal um, Medical and Dental Centre and, and that was my first face to face training since COVID um, that was in November mm. and um, you know one of the correctional he works with the correctional centres and he, I didn't realise he had a master's in mental health and he actually said at the end, he goes, I learnt a lot from this. And I thought that was a win. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, so. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of things you're saying there that, you know, I mean, this is the Ageing Fearlessly program, but being, you know, older, we can work with our grandkids and people around yeah. us to help understand what's going on for those kids because, you know, young kids, I, I see family members, sometimes they just lose it. And and they're angry, as you say, and you, you get frustrated with it, not understanding why, but it would really help to really have some of these skills so that you can help these younger kids. Mm. And uh, I think it's amazing, um, the work that you're doing, and I think the younger, the better that kids can learn these skills because how much better would you be, you know, would your life be as you grow if you can understand why you're doing certain yeah. things. Yeah. And and giving up the guilt and the shame. We talk about guilt and we talk about shame and it's so sad how you hear people carry that guilt through their life and the impact that has. So, you know, it's about we say guilt, guilt is a belief system rather than a feeling, the belief that I've done something wrong. So it is powerful. It's... um. Yeah, it's wonderful to hear the stories from the schools and, and also from a lot of adults um, in the corporate environment asking about how would I do with my teenage son? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. and that the, the kids that come home grunting and they're mm. not expressing themselves. But also I think about, you know, men who really struggle with expressing themselves and, you know, they'll go down the pub and self-medicate instead of actually understanding and acknowledging you know, what they're feeling or the sadness or the fear or these mm. these emotions. Um, another song you've chosen, The Lonely Shepherd. Is it Georges Amphir? I don't know how to say it. Well, well, well we, won't, <laughs> we won't ruin his name. Know, yeah. The Lonely Shepherd mm. is a song for today. Mm. I was thinking of diverse songs and this is a song that brings back lovely memories of my mum and dad. And because mum um, would play on the record, The Lonely Shepherd, as I was growing up. So it was a record player. Oh, I love the record player. And the fire would be going and she'd play this haunting music. And it's interesting because even it's little things and I want to give some hints and tips to 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 the listeners and on some of the things they say. And music is one of them. So even different music to support when you're feeling emotional or, you know, and it's okay. So if I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling happy, so I find this song very haunting and it just reminds me of memories growing up. Welcome back to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly with Karen. Please go to Facebook and like the page Aging Fearlessly. I'm in the studio with Corinne McDevitt from Training Lab and we're talking about emotional assertiveness. You've had some, you know, you've, you've really shared, Corinne, some um, really good insight into 
our four areas of emotions like anger, fear, sadness and happiness. And I'm learning so much. But um, what is a tip for listeners um, to manage their stress? Thanks, Karen. It's I think the easiest way is to work out because we either say I feel depressed or I feel anxious. Um, and what's important is it doesn't take away, you know, especially if we're in pain or we've lost our homes or even something mi- minor, you know, just getting, sometimes it can be just getting up for work on a Monday. You know, it's like, here we oh go. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, I don't do that anymore. And, um, oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's um, <laughs> a new adventure. And, you know, I had someone say to me the other day, I just feel like I've got so much to get through and get done. So what I would recommend is use your timeline. So work out first, instead of coupling the emotions together and saying, I feel anxious, it's like, do I feel angry? Do I feel afraid? Or am I feeling both? Am I feeling sad? And you could be, you could be feeling all three. So the quickest way is to go, is it in the future? And is it real or perceived? And both have the same impact. And it could be that I'm, I'm worried I'm not going to get all the work done. So then it's like, what can I do about it? And then if it's something I'm angry about, if it's in the present, it's like, well, if I'm angry, how do I actually do something with this? So actually just use the timeline and go, where am I in the timeline? Where am I in my head? And then, or is it to do with loss and sadness? You know, like I've lost um, time, Mm. you know, like I've, um, or I was, you know, even the freedom with COVID or now like the rain, like it could be that, you know, just it could be little things or it could be uh, big things. I just lost my beautiful auntie uh, oh, yeah, a week you ago, you know, and it was so sad and the chance. And I allowed myself to give myself the permission to grieve. So it's um, I recommend put it on the timeline because then that is quite powerful to go. Actually, I feel afraid, I feel angry, or I feel sad, and work it out. Mm. And in doing that, it's empowering. Mm. And then it helps you to do something about it rather than take away, zap your motivation. Mm. And I've done many courses, Corinne, and often they're great right then and there, but you tend to forget what you've learned. Um, Sometimes I go back and look at notes, but, you know, what's your take on that? Mm. This is um this is what I've got out of this program is that it's I found with my, even myself and with this is the feedback from all walks of life so you know senior executive right through to children that struggle to you know express their emotions in a healthy way so people say their their behavior is atrocious mm. you know they're acting out or you know what's wrong with that child. So we've got all of that, what's wrong with that adult. Um, <laughs> and what we're finding is the roller coaster seems to be less. You know, you f- I find, and I find because I'm naming the emotion, so I'll go, okay, I'm afraid. I find, it's, we call it the will. I'm able to return to calmness and happier quicker. Mm. And what's incredible is it's sustainable. People are actually finding that it's, a month, years, even years down the track, it's like it's building on that so that because it only takes one little thing to intervene where before the customer would hit the fan and the go pear sheep, pear shape, pear sheep, pear shape. And, you <laughs> know, before you know it, you know, that friendship or that family relationship's lost and people are angry and, you know, there's the divorce, um, the guilt, you know, the amount of young people that are being told they need to see I'm a professional, and I'm, I totally respect that, you know, so there's there's a need for these certain things, but it's, um, it's escalated with all the problems that society's going through. So what we're seeing is these tips and are, are helping, it's sustainable because it, it actually helps us to let go of sabotaging behaviours and move to calmness and even happiness. Um, I want to go back and say, you know, at the moment, with so much going on in the world, a lot of our professional psychologists, social workers, psychiatrists are snowed under and yes. it's very, very difficult to get yeah. an appointment. I've heard of people waiting three and four months 
to get to an appointment. And if you're needing that sort of help, you, it's not a one-off visit. No. So if you can learn skills like this that help you, yeah, it, it, it is just a huge bonus. I think so. I think there's a real need, um, and I have the utmost respect for our medical professionals all walks mm, of life. Absolutely. And what's incredible is the New South Wales Health are now have endorsed this program and are running this program. So we've got they've got part of their um, system, mm. uh, South Australia Health as well. So there's a respect there for for the program. Um, but in saying that, what I hear is there's like. And work, a company said this, I've been invited to speak for International Women's Month. Yes. And uh, the what they said was people are falling through the cracks with mental health and they didn't realise this. So this is a massive corporate company and, you know, and then the schools are saying there's so much noise, you can't work out what is serious and what is not. And what I really find helpful with this program is there's little things we can do and they're only tiny um, but it actually, if you meet that need in the proper way, it does help us to to navigate through our anger, sadness and fear. So you do need to go through it and use it to actually keep yourself safe or resolve an issue or, or grieve and move on. So. Something you said before, sabotaging, and so many of us, we self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. And I catch myself self-sabotaging. Mm-hmm. You know, I do a lot of things um, you know, I think sometimes good things do a lot of great things, but, you know, I've done something great, but then I want to go and sabotage it. Mm. And I think, what's all that about, Karen? Yeah, and and it's strange, isn't it? Because And what actually the research shows is that we gravitate towards that. We And, and it's so easy to jump in what we call drama and the drama triangle. And even um, Stephen Cartman is one of the, you know, he's a world leader in that he wrote the drama triangle i can't i can't remember if he's a psychologist or a psychiatrist but anyway he, he i think he's a psychologist <laughs> someone would be yep. like cringe he's a psychologist need to remember that um but he's writing the forward to john's book so when we say the dress you jump into it and you feel like going along that path but what i'm learning with that sabotaging is the simplest thing is to say i'm okay they're okay what is happening between us is not okay and that's your drama triangle? That's addressing the drama triangle without jumping in it. Oh. So I'm okay. So if someone's attacking me verbally or even physically, like the physical becomes fear and you need to get protection and help straight away and not to deny our fear. So a lot of people, um, some of the, the police and the detectives have said when people are walking down the street, especially if women, so this tends to be more females, and they're, they're sensing fear that mm. someone is following them, they won't cross the road because they don't want to be perceived as being rude. Mm. So fear has a job to do and its job, even if it's like, I'm worried I'm not going to get all this work done. It's like, well, you may not, so let's address it, you know, and take things off. Or I'm, I'm feeling afraid, I need to acknowledge it rather than ignore it and say, you know, oh, I'll dismiss it. Mm. And so that's really important. And then um, anger, like we're not taught. I don't know if your listeners, who, who you're, any of your listeners were taught to do anger well. How were we taught to be angry as a child? And it's like anger could be considered taboo. And, and yet yeah, what absolutely. And what research and they're training us in is it's actually one of the most powerful emotions to bring about trust and relationships because we feel angry anyway and we sabotage that by dismissing it slamming doors passive aggressiveness even if it's in our head and we're you know or we walk away Mm. so we've got the biggest um transition in careers now they're saying that um you know it's like the the great resignation era everyone's walking away from their careers and what I heard, one of the tips from one of our senior managers and, again, the corporate company that's been doing this program, she said that 85% of people in the company would rather leave than, than confront the situation. Wow. So, so confrontation is they're angry or, and they could be afraid, afraid they're going to lose their job if they speak up, but it's how do I do it in a way that respects the other person and also respects myself and looks at how can we work this out 
Mm. And there's tips and tricks for that. And I have to put my hand up. I'm not very good at confrontation. Mm. And I will skirt around things because I don't feel comfortable. And I'm, when you said, well, what's behind that? I think it's about a fear of losing a friendship. Yeah. And, and hence you, well, I'll bottle it up and probably go home and bitch and carry on like an, a wounded bull. Yeah. I'm a Taurus. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it's really, yeah, it's one of those things. And I'll admit, I'm, and I'm not very good at standing up, you know, when I, when I want to say something. I'll, I'll say a lot of things, but it's when I have to confront someone, I'd rather skirt around it. Mm. And welcome to the club. Like so many, so many of us. And I, that's what I found so valuable. Because, and one of the things that John Parr and Dr. Toby Kayla said to me, and these are the two that worldwide are respected for the, their import. Like NASA paid for the, you know, the mental well-being of astronauts on the, the space station. Mm-hmm. So that was Dr. Kayla's work, mm-hmm. and that's how I met John. They're good colleagues, and they all said that, you know, Corinne, you're so lucky that you started this so young, and I'm not so young. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, I know. You know, you, so it's, you know um, like, you're not 60 yet. <laughs> you're yeah, a long way yeah, from that. Well, and, um, and I'm so grateful because it has helped me in not assuming things or being able to address my anger, but in a way that says, I'm okay, they're okay, and you focus on that that thing. And this works so well in companies and and going up and down the line. So it's um, it's beautiful. And just even to share very quickly this, the sadness about losing my beautiful Auntie Janice. You know, she was a bit like absolutely fabulous. Yeah. And uh, she's... I've got one of her nose and she's yes, an Auntie Janice yeah. too. Yeah. And she, oh, that's nice. And uh, she's my dad's twin. So and sadly she passed away of cancer um, two weeks ago and we had the funeral a week ago. And I noticed that... My, my dad, I was so proud of him. He got up and he, he's at top of the stock that you don't show your emotion, you don't share your grief and, you know, you sort of be more stoic. And he did get up and speak and he did go through the fear of I'm going to break down in front of everyone and he, and he did a bit and he pushed through and his stories were just delightful and what was sad was I, my, my beautiful cousins, um, they couldn't get up and share the stories because of the fear of breaking down too much. And, you know, so in the sadness and the grief, it's a chance to be able to nurture and care. And I was able to do that with my dad. So the training helped me to be there with my dad and to, to have more confidence to say the things that are going to support him rather than self-second-guessing um, or just, you know, mm. stumbling mm. through. So I think... The, the power of understanding that the emotions, that we all have the emotions and how to meet them simply, and mm. um, it, it helps to navigate just, you know, we all do our best and our intentions shine through. I really believe that. Yeah. Um, but it, it does help us to, like, um, hopscotch along, you know, sort of yeah. <laughs> work it out. Work and, it out. Mm. Hey, brother. Mm-hmm. Great song. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, I wanted to mix it up between Darlene and Lonely Shepherd, and I really liked Avinci. I'm, I'm one of those old ones where I like the songs and I never know who really sings it. Or, um, <laughs> and you know, and these he tells the story too. And and then not long ago, we I was at Dave, my partner's place, and. We what uh, we put on. We didn't know what to watch, so we and we very rarely watch TV. So we put on a YouTube channel, and it was music, and it was sadly it was the memorial of Da Vinci. Oh. And he you, passed. He killed. He took sadly his took his life. He did. Yeah. And he's a young man who had you know he such talent. Like his songs really do tell stories, and you can probably see a light. I'm an, um I, I'm. There's a connection with those stories, you know, like how Dolly Parton tells stories with the songs. It's not on repeat. Mm. And um, Vinci was the same. Like he's, I just thought he was very talented. And to, I was quite moved that he did take his own life. And I think we don't know what's going on in people's lives. And 
And I just think sometimes that one little thing, and it keeps, you know, it keeps me going when people turn around and say, wow, I got something from that program or I got some hints and tips. Absolutely. You should be um, feeling proud. Yeah, so... Hey Brother. Yes. By Avinci. Yes. Welcome back. You're listening to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. To find out more, go to the website rnb.org.au. My guest in the studio is Corinne McDevitt from Training Lab, and we're talking about emotional assertiveness. We haven't got much time left, Corinne, but what are some motivational tips and tricks that you can suggest today? Very quickly, the biggest one is look at your sensory needs. So sensory is actually a lot more powerful than we think. It's not just nice to have and, you know, we take it for granted a lot. It actually can help us emotionally and psychologically. So, for example, and look at your smell. So when I'm about to do a Zoom training or I'm on, you know, or I go out, I'll put some um, perfume on because it just picks you up. Um, and it could be a nice coffee or a nice glass of wine. Ooh. So yeah. how do you set up your environment to meet your sensory needs? So for music, like I, you know, the ones I've chose, I've put different ones on depending on the mood. So and lighting and ambience and touch. So it's very, very powerful. And there's um, some incredible research. Have I got time to tell you a very quick story about the babies in Japan? Absolutely. So if the power of um, our senses... There's a, there was a research, a, a shopping centre in Japan, and they noticed that for some reason, out of the ordinary, there was lots of babies and prams, and the mothers were just hanging around. And they couldn't work out why, and they did some research, and they went up to the mothers and they said, it seems unusual, we've just got an influx of mothers and prams around this time. And they all said the same thing. They said, it's really strange, but when we come into the shopping centre, our baby just relaxes and goes to sleep. And they had this pattern was very um, similar. Obvious, yeah. So the, the Japanese shopping centre did some research and previously, about 12 months to nine months before, the, they'd put out a scent in the shopping centre and some music and it was a change in the environment and what had happened was this scent was going into the umbilical cord and it was relaxing the babies. So when they were born, they, um, they found that this environment actually had a huge impact and was calming. And so it's so we actually train in the program about how to set up your environment to meet your emotional needs mm-hmm. and using the senses. And it appeals different to everyone, like different songs, you know, some need a bit more upbeat, some want to dance around, yep. um, others, you know, want that real, um, you know, might be a nice glass of wine or a coffee or some smell. So it's, it's about how do you do that? And it's quite incredible when you set your environment up, because when you've had a bad day, you come home, it's like a little safety net. It can actually lift you up. Mm. So, yes. I like to come home and have the barbecue cooking. And the and glass this, of yes, wine yes. and the salad made. So the and the taste and the smell. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah, it's, it's got that. And that, that's, that's even then you lit up. <laughs> yeah. And I started salivating. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. So we're going to have to go, but what are your three takeaways today? Firstly, I think the big one that the, re- the doctors actually say is give yourself permission, permission to feel happy, angry, sad and afraid. Mm-hmm. So give yourself permission to feel it. Uh, the second one is name what you're feeling and use your timeline. So name it. Go, am I feeling afraid or is it afraid and angry or am I feeling sad? And also happy. Like a lot of us, you I'm know. feeling so, happy. Yeah. So we, um, we push down our happiness and we sometimes, now I say it more, I feel I'm happy. You said something the other day and I said after I've run an event, Quite often, a couple of days later, I feel really flat. And you said sometimes after you've done a training. Yes, yes. And it's interesting, you know, why does that happen? Mm. Mm. And and again, like the fear kicked in, or did I say this, did I say that? And it's just mild, but it's also, but also we don't want to underestimate our physical needs. So never underestimate you need, if you're tired, hungry, uh, thirsty, 
or yep. your safety. So we that always comes priority mm. and that supports our emotional and mental needs. Mm. And your last tip? I've got here, um, well, definitely reach out. You know, it's so important. Connection. Um, say, hey, you know, ask for what you want. Ask, share that. And there are people out there that can help. And set up your environment to meet your set two needs. But the most important thing is, as John Parr would say to me, say, Corinne, take elegant care of yourself. Oh, I like that. Take elegant, elegant care, care of, of yourself. yourself. So to wow. the listeners, take elegant care, nurture, enjoy, and be happy. Well, I might go and have a massage this afternoon. Yes, yeah. So, Corinne, if... Our listeners, if these podcast listeners want to find out more, how do they find out more? Oh, thank you, Karen. The website, for starters, so it's www.traininglab, L-A-B, as in a little Labrador or a science lab, .com.au. They can email me at Corinne, C-O-R-I-N-N-E, at traininglab.com.au. I have absolutely loved it today. So thanks very much. And you've made such a difference to my day today. And I've learned a lot. Thank you, Karen. I've, I've had a ball, an absolute ball. So thank you for you've, having me. You've not been in this studio with no. me. We always have a ball. Oh, I think it's um, it's such a great setup, what you've got here. And I feel a bit like a celebrity. Oh, but you are a celebrity. Do you know? You should be no. feeling like a celebrity. Thank anyway, you. cheerio, everyone. Thanks. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember... Aging is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright outside. There's a sparkle in your eye. It's not all nine to five, it's a wonderful life. Let's go and climb mountains. Let your heart be alive.